0: Before we start today's episode, I want to mention our sponsor, Swoosh English, the best way to pass your OET or IELTS exams. For 10% off any course, go to swooshenglish.com forward slash ourvoicesdiscount, or click the link in the episode description. I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices in the NHS, a stage for real people to tell the real stories we never get to hear. In this series, we hear personal stories from NHS medical professionals. If you found meaning in these episodes, please share them with a friend so they can enjoy them as well. Let's delve into today's episode.
1: I was there with him one minute, I was talking with him and then the next I had to be doing his end of life.
0: This is Sarah, a critical care nurse from Jamaica. She moved to Manchester two years ago with her 16-year-old daughter after deciding to move to the UK to pursue a doctoral degree in nursing. Prior to that, Sarah worked in Jamaica as a nurse for 17 years. In that time, she has developed a deep love for her profession.
1: The things about it is just that you can be there for people in so many different ways. To see that you're there for them through the different phases of life. You know, when they're crying, when they're laughing, being able to understand their needs, and being able to apply your professional self to them, your knowledge, your skills, and a caring and kind attitude. I also like nursing because I think it requires a certain continuous critical thinking, um, that level of knowledge and, and skill. Being able to move from a place where somebody is just that ill and then seeing them leave ICU, I think that's what I love.
0: When Sarah first came to the UK, and realized she was far away from her close friends and family. She felt alone and vulnerable. An experience with one of her patients brought that feeling to the forefront of her mind.
1: I had a patient who was dying. It was an elderly patient. I was there with her. Initially, we were just laughing because she was okay at first. And then her condition suddenly changed. I think maybe one of the reasons I feel why that experience impacted me so much was because her family was also not there for her. Not that they didn't want to, but it couldn't be there for her. And also for us being here, in terms of myself and my daughter at the time, for us being here and we were somewhat alone, you know, and I think seeing someone die or like that or knowing that they're going to die and they don't have people around, it's always very sad.
0: She also found it hard to accept that for some patients there was nothing that could be done. And in those cases, her only responsibility as a nurse was to prepare them for death. This attitude to medicine was unfamiliar to her.
1: And whereas back home in Jamaica, I think one of the things is we don't really, in terms of dealing with death and um, just allowing someone to die, it's not something that we really do.
0: Then March 2020 happened.
1: At the beginning of the pandemic, I remember when everywhere was closing down and I remember when I couldn't go home at all, I felt stranded because in a way, it's almost like you don't belong here. It was closing off in Jamaica, so that was quite um, difficult as well. So I can't go home, I can't leave here. It was hard in the lunchroom at work and I just started crying, you know, and my colleagues were there. We were talking about the whole experience the thing is that everybody's going through it in different ways. A big component of it is the, the, the part where we're able to talk, have conversations about it and support each other. I think that that's the part that stands with me.
0: Sarah was also able to find comfort and relief in the brief interactions with her patients. She bonded with one in particular.
1: We're laughing here now and laughing and talking. He's joking with me about different things.
0: Unable to visit him in person due to restrictions, his wife called to check how he was doing.
1: She wanted to speak with him and he said, tomorrow. I said, are you sure you don't want to talk to her? No, I was trying to encourage him to talk with her because he was, he was very ill. After we hung up the phone, I think it was about 30 minutes later, his condition changed so suddenly.
0: Sarah's patient went into cardiac arrest and was pronounced dead minutes later. could hardly believe how quickly his condition had changed
1: i cried i had to step out and i just cried and cried and cried and i think the reason was because i was there with him we were talking we were joking i was caring for him and you know i really i felt like he was gonna do well and just leave and um he had covid and he and he didn't make it he he died so I think that was really hard. Uh,
0: Some deaths stay with you. This one followed Sarah home.
1: I went home. I couldn't sleep. I, everybody was asking me if I was okay. And I was not. I was not okay. I was not okay because because of what is happening. His family couldn't be there for him. And I, I felt like it wasn't fair and it made me angry in the sense that it's one of the things that I really hate about what is happening now is that... The people that you love can't really be there for you. And I wondered to myself also, should I have said something to him so that he would want, you know, to talk to her and get the opportunity to even say goodbye to her? And even when you think you do everything, you still question yourself. What else could I have done differently?
0: The clear correlation between both these memorable events in Sarah's career was that the patient's conditions deteriorated in the blink of an eye.
1: And it reminded me of how suddenly life can change, you know. Life is very frail. I think that's the thing about being a nurse as well, as or an ICU nurse especially, is that we're constantly on the line where we are recognizing the frailty of life. And I was there with him one minute. I was talking with him. And then the next, I had to be doing his end of life. And when you leave, what I realize is when you go home, patients don't stay at work with you. I know some people will say well you have to learn to separate yourself but I think a very important part about being a nurse or being able to make a difference in the lives of people is that you have to be there emotionally with them in terms of so you can understand what they're going through and sometimes when you leave work your patient still goes on with you you know in your heart.
0: Sarah then read a poem. She told me how writing about her experiences helps her cope with the grief.
1: It's called, it happened so suddenly. It was only moments earlier that we spoke. You looked so much brighter than yesterday when you awoke. It isn't fair that you didn't get to say goodbye to your family. I wish I could turn back the hands of time so you could do so properly. So you could hug them and they would know that you care. I wish that you could be with them. Instead, they leave with your belongings, keepsakes, and a lock of your hair. It happened so suddenly, and oh, how I wish, that your presence they didn't have to miss. I know you were ill, but I still can't believe. You looked so much brighter. It isn't time to grieve. I know we did our best. I still want to do so much more. I wish I knew that this was what today had in store. Your soul was filled with warmth, kindness, and love. Your beautiful life, death is not worthy of. It hurts to see the sadness on your family's face. I wish I could find more than kind words to comfort their heart and fill that empty space. When you lose someone you love, the space never gets filled. I hope that in time they will find comfort knowing that you love them so.
0: Sarah explained how grief is affecting all of us during this pandemic in a multitude of ways.
1: I think one of the things that happens is we're all grieving. We're at different stages of the grieving process. I look at Eleanor Kubler-Ross in terms of her particular model, and um, some people are still in denial, and um, the ones who don't believe that there is COVID going on out there, and that's the normal part of grieving. Some people are angry. They're angry at different people, different situations, and that's why they go out and protest. Some people are bargaining, can we change it? You know, what is happening? Some people are are depressed because of what is um, going on. Some people are accepting it, they're wearing the mask and going forward in terms of what is happening. And depending on where you are in this whole process, your actions will be different. And I think you need to understand people and their differences in terms of where they are at in this whole process. We need to be more caring and compassionate towards each other. We need more kindness, we need more love and more understanding. We need to seek more to try and understand others, understand our differences, try to learn from each other. I think if we're going to get through it, then that's the way to do it.
0: Before concluding our conversation, Sarah had some advice for those thinking of coming to the UK to work as a healthcare professional.
1: One of the things that is required is being open, being willing to recognise people's differences, and also recognise that when people ask you questions about you, be open to the fact that maybe it's not just that their their intent is bad, but being here, a part of your role, is also to help to educate others about who you are.
0: It was evident from the interview with Sarah how much she lives and breathes her career as a nurse. From the minute she wakes up to the moment she closes her eyes to signal the end of the day. She just can't switch off after her shift finishes. I'm sure she wouldn't have it any other way. Sarah has written hundreds of poems about her days as a nurse and this one she chose to share felt particularly poignant as it accurately reflects the sadness family members feel in the waiting room after they find out the news of a loved one's death. Of all the words she said in the poem, I felt the following lines were worthy of being repeated again and anyone who has lost a loved one will be able to resonate with this I'm sure. I wish I could find more than kind words to comfort their heart and fill that empty space. When you lose someone you love, the space never gets filled. I hope that in time they'll find comfort in knowing that you love them still. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to support the show, there are a couple of ways. Firstly, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Donations through Patreon will help support the high quality production of the show. Click the link in the description to find out more about the benefits. The other great free way to support us is simply by telling more people about these stories. Send the podcast link to two or three friends and let them enjoy these episodes as well. We'd really appreciate it so we can continue to impact people in a positive way. Lastly, we love hearing from you. If you want to get in touch for any reason, or you want to learn more about the show, visit ourvoicespodcast.com. Alternatively, leave us a review in your podcast app. See you in the next episode. I want to acknowledge our sponsor, Swoosh English, for making these podcasts possible. It's the best place to get training and support to pass your OET, IELTS, and PT exams. If you want to hear from doctors or nurses who've passed their exam with the help of Swoosh English, go and listen to episodes from Rima, Midun, Cynthia, Tara, and Hussein. For 10% off any course, visit swooshenglish.com forward slash ourvoicesdiscount. Thanks so much for listening. Now you probably know I'm looking to grow this show. Since you're here, I'm guessing you're a fan, but you might not know how to help. Here's how. One, tap follow wherever you're listening. Two, give it a five-star review on your podcast app. This helps more people discover the show. Three, send this episode to one person. They'll thank you for it later. I really appreciate your help. See you on the next one.